And so, uh, the last time we can say it today, Merry Christmas. I know some people, well, Christmas is over while well, it was yesterday. So I'm going to say it again, Merry Christmas. I trust you had a Merry Christmas and we're going to continue to celebrate Christmas today, talk a little bit more about it before we move on to the new year. And really the true meaning of Christmas was revealed to just a little peasant girl named Mary. And um, an angel came to her and interrupted her life and spoke to her and said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, there were lots of uh, peasant girls in that day. There probably a lot of them were called Mary. Some were even, some were even having children at that time. So what was special about the angelic message? Well, this, what was special is Mary wasn't married. Uh, Mary was a virgin. And so what the angel announced was something that had never happened before in the history of mankind. It was not scientifically possible. It was a supernatural event that a virgin would conceive and have a child. And so Mary, understanding the fact, she questioned the angel. She said, well, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And so now we begin to see why Christmas was so special. First time and only time in history a virgin conceived. And the Holy Spirit, God himself, would come upon Mary. And enable that conception. And what that means is the child to be born would be fully human. Mary as his human mother and fully divine, the Holy Spirit coming upon her. And so the child that would be born, Jesus, would, would be holy. He would be, be sinless. He would be the Son of God. He would be God in human flesh. And that's what Christmas is all about. Jesus coming to us. Coming from heaven above where He was in glory. Laying that aside, coming down to to bring salvation to us. And that was the purpose of Christmas. And so oftentimes we get wrapped up in the trappings of Christmas, the gift giving and uh, the cookies and the eating and all these things and they're wonderful getting together with family and they're good and that. But we mustn't forget the true meaning of Christmas, which is not just for Christmas, but it impacts the whole of our years. And so we want to just reflect back on yesterday, today, and think once more about the true meaning and implications of Christmas. To get us going, I'd like us to watch a, a short video called Christmas the Word. Before the world began, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. My grandmother used to point to my heart and say, if you don't have Christmas in here, you're never going to find it under a tree. Oh, and be nice to that neighbor girl. She's shy. Everything came into existence through him. And 
and not one thing in all creation was made without him. As a boy, I remember impatiently marking the days off the calendar, anticipating the arrival of Christmas. The excitement was almost more than my little heart could bear. I'd watch for the year's first snowfall. I'd help string up lights around the house. And that shy girl? Mostly I would just ignore her except this one Christmas. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It's an incredible privilege to witness a baby enter this world but to imagine the Son of God, the creator of the universe, coming to us, inhaling his first breath in the obscurity of some dirty old stable. That is extraordinary. In his birth, our creator comes to us and asks us to receive him so that he can be born in our hearts which makes Christmas time point beyond itself to the saving grace won for us on the cross and the wonder of his resurrection. A perfect example of reaching into someone else's world for the purpose of love. Emmanuel, God with us. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Creator of the universe split time and space when he came on Christmas 2,000 years ago. And he invites us to welcome Him into our hearts. He invites everyone on the planet to welcome Him into their hearts. And so Jesus interrupted history. He split time into B.C. and A.D. And Jesus always comes to interrupt our lives. The story begins today in Matthew 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now sometimes as we read these familiar stories, it helps us to put ourselves in somebody's shoes. And so this morning I'd like us to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. Joseph was in love with a nice Jewish girl named Mary. Everything was going smoothly. Uh, they had, I don't know if they called it back then, they probably didn't call it dating. 
but she'd been betrothed to Joseph. Now that was pretty important. A betrothal means that Mary was legally pledged to be married to him in the future. They were not yet married, but it was going to happen. Now betrothal was, was similar to our engagement, but it was more legally in, uh, binding because uh, there was payment made uh, between uh, two Mary's family for the betrothal to occur. And the only way to break that was, was by divorce. Now, during this period, which usually lasted about a year, Mary was found to be pregnant. Back then, they understood how these things worked, uh, just as we do today. So what do you think Joseph thought? Of course, he thought that he knew from his own life that he was not the cause of her pregnancy. So what did that leave? It left somebody else. And uh, I'm sure that did not make Joseph happy. He thought that Mary had been unfaithful to their betrothal with another man. Now we know, and Mary knew, that the reason she was pregnant was not by another man, but by the Holy Spirit. But of course that had never happened before in the history of humankind. And Joseph didn't know that, and nor would he have even dreamed that that would be possible. And so he felt that his only option was to divorce Mary for her unfaithfulness. Now, Joseph had two options in divorcing Mary. The first was to have a public divorce where Mary was brought before a tribunal and would have to admit that she had been unfaithful to him, or at least that's what Joseph thought. And she would be shamed before everyone. The other option was a private divorce before two or three witnesses that nobody would really know about. And so Joseph, his entire life, all the plans that he was looking forward to had been interrupted by this unexpected pregnancy. He had dreams about the children they would raise together. He had dreams about how he would expand his work to support his family. He had it all planned out. But now everything seemed to have been shattered. And not only his plans, but he loved Mary. And he felt that she had rejected that love. He couldn't believe what was happening. And yet, Joseph still had a tender spot in his heart for Mary. He didn't want to publicly shame her, and so he chose the route of a private divorce. But yet, his heart was completely broken over what had happened. It was the farthest thing from his mind that he could ever have expected would happen. And so Jesus had interrupted Joseph's life, his plans, his dreams. And at this point... Joseph didn't understand what was going on, but it all seemed very negative. Joseph didn't see a silver lining. It was very painful to him. And as I was thinking about this, I felt, you know, Jesus comes to, to each and every person. And Jesus came to this earth to interrupt people's lives. He came that things might change in people's lives. He came to break into your plans. He came to break into your visions 
your dreams for your life that you had and replace them with his own. His own dreams, his own purposes. Jesus didn't come to this earth to, to, be, uh, to be our magic genie who miraculously fulfills everything that we want to do. That's what some people think. That's not why he came. Jesus came to take complete control of every person's life. That's what it means for Jesus to be Lord, that he's in control. And he charts our lives. He paints the pictures for us, the plans for us to follow. He came to take complete control of every person's life who chooses to allow him to do so. Every person who welcomes him into their lives. And so as we think about that, Jesus has a purpose in interrupting people's lives. His purpose is to change us from going our own way to going his way. And I believe there are some people here today or who are listening to me that their lives are being interrupted by Jesus. You might think that everything is going wrong. That's what Joseph did. He thought everything was going wrong. And yet it was an interruption by Jesus. To actually make his life better. Jesus is working in your life for his purposes. And it's ultimately for your good. Because Jesus has a plan for your life. Story continues in verse 20. It says, but I... But as he considered these things, that's Joseph, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now we know an angel had already appeared to Mary, telling her what was happening, explaining it to her. Although the scripture doesn't tell us, it's reasonable to assume that Mary had told Joseph about her angelic encounter. Especially after she was pregnant. Now what do you think Joseph would have thought of that? Mary, do you expect me to believe that angel story of yours to explain why you're pregnant? I'm not that foolish. I really... I'm sorry, but I don't believe you, Mary. He was going to go ahead with the divorce. And so one night, God sent an angel to Joseph. The angel appeared to him in a dream, told him not to fear, but go forward with his plans to marry Mary. The plans that had been interrupted. The, what he had intended to do, but now had decided not to do. The angel told Joseph, Mary is really still a virgin. She has not been unfaithful to you. Her pregnancy is not from another man, but from the Holy Spirit. And this child that is in Mary's womb should be named Jesus. And so not only would Jesus' birth be miraculous, but he would be the Savior. He would save people from their sins. And so now Joseph began to understand why Jesus had interrupted his life. Rather than being a distraction, rather than messing up his plans, he was going to be part of a much bigger plan, a much more important plan of raising the very Son of God. And so what appeared to be a disaster, this unanticipated pregnancy now was going to become an incredible blessing. 
And so the angel revealed to Joseph what the plan was, how it was going to take place. And he gave him several commands. First of all, don't divorce Mary. Go ahead with the wedding plans. Now, think about how that would appear to others. What would other people think? As it became obvious that Mary was pregnant. They would think that Joseph was the cause of this pregnancy. That they had jumped the gun a bit. And he would have been publicly shamed. In his hometown. And I'm sure that's what happened. We don't read about it, but we know human nature. We know how people think. And I'm sure that's what, would hap that's what happened. And so Jesus' plan would not be easy for either Joseph or Mary. But Joseph would call the child Jesus. And although Joseph didn't completely understand it at this point, Jesus would be the Savior. And so Joseph, I mean, God interrupts our lives just as he interrupted Joseph's lives in the same in the same way, he wants to reveal his plan for your life. Jesus created each and every one of us with a plan and a purpose. And his plan is quite different from the plans that sometimes we dream up. The plans and the things that we want to do. And Jesus' plan for our lives will not happen automatically. We must cooperate with him in order for those plans to be fulfilled. Following God's plan for your life is, is never easy. And yet in the long run, God's plans for our lives are the perfect plans. The plans that He created us for. The plans that He fashioned us as Creator. The plans that He had in mind when He caused us to be born in this century and in this country. It all fits together perfectly. And God wants each one of us to make a decision to cooperate with his plan. Now Jesus' plan will always agree with God's word. Verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now in this verse, the angel is no longer speaking to Joseph. It's Matthew is writing. He's telling us that Jesus' plan for Mary and Joseph was prophesied in the Old Testament by the prophet Isaiah. It's Isaiah 7.14. Amazingly, many, many years before, hundreds of years before, the prophet Isaiah said that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. A physical impossibility. I don't know what the people thought when Isaiah prophesied that, but they probably didn't think much of it. Not only would the child be miraculously conceived, but his name meant that he would be God with us, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, God with his people. Something that was hard for the Jewish people to comprehend. But so we see now that God's plan for Joseph and Mary agreed with God's word. In this case, it was an Old Testament prophecy made many, many years before. These prophecies foretold many of the aspects of Jesus' ministry before he was born. And so the angel's revelation to Joseph was in keeping with God's word. Today, there are many people who are 
confused by or confused about what God's plan for their lives is. Some people think that God must be hiding his plan. They, they can't figure it out. Perhaps God is hiding his plan for my life. But God is not hiding his plan for your life. He wants you to know his plan so that you can follow that plan. He wants to reveal that plan to us. Now, God did not reveal all of his plan for Jesus to Joseph. And God doesn't reveal all of his plan for the rest of our lives all at once. He usually reveals it one step at a time. God always reveals enough of his plan so we can take the next step. Just as he revealed to Joseph what you need to do. Go ahead with the wedding. Name him. This is what he's going to be. I've called you to raise him. Oftentimes people confuse their own plans for their lives with, with God's plan. And they think it's God's plan. But substituting your plans for your life with God's plan is never going to work out. God's plans are always in agreement with his word. Now, the specifics of God's plan, you're not going to find a verse for it exactly. But the principles are going to be there. And God's plans for our lives are really not first and foremost about us. That might be hard to accept. They're first and foremost about Him. They're not for our glory. They're for His glory. They're not for building our kingdoms. They're for building His kingdom. If the plans that you have for your life or about your fame, about your fortune, about your benefit. They're probably not from God. Because God's plans for our lives are always about His kingdom. They're always about His glory. They're always about making Jesus famous. And so as we head into the new year, 2022, I'd like to encourage each one of us to submit our plans to the Lord. Our plans for the new year. Allow him to adjust. Allow him to correct anything that's not according to his will. Allow our plans to agree with his word, which is to seek his kingdom first. It's really all about choosing to welcome Jesus as our king. Verse 26, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Good for Joseph. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And so when Joseph awoke from this dream in which the angel had appeared to him, everything had changed. Now he understood what was happening. Rather than going forward with his plans, he now chose to follow God's plan and take her as his wife. Joseph did exactly what the angel had commanded did not have marital relations with Mary before the birth, so there's no doubt that Jesus was born of a virgin. We don't know a lot about Joseph from Scripture. We do know he was obedient to God's plan for his life and marriage. And so Joseph was helped raise Jesus. He was not 
Joseph, uh, not Jesus' father, but God had chosen Joseph to be the one, the father, that father figure that taught Jesus, that was there for Jesus, and so it was a rare privilege. So Joseph had allowed Jesus to upend his own plans for his life. He embraced God's plans for his life. He faithfully obeyed every command of God as he and Mary raised Jesus together. Now the title of the message today was Welcome King Jesus. And I want to think, us to think a little more this morning about what it means that Jesus is king. What does it mean to say that Jesus is your king? It means that you commit yourself to following his plans and commands for your life. Joseph willingly submitted to God's plans for his life, even though it wasn't an easy road. Some of you here today may not know what Jesus' plan for your life is all about. Or perhaps you're not sure. You think maybe this is part of it and this you're not sure. But we want to be sure. God wants you to be sure. And God's not hiding his plan. So I encourage you to seek him. And he will tell you. Probably not going to send an angel. But he could. He could. But he's going to make it clear. If you have a heart to follow his plan and lay down your plans, he will show you what he wants you to do. As you welcome Jesus as king and Lord of your life. Now, some of you may know what God's plan for your life is, or at least part of it, and you may be fighting it. I knew that God had called me to be a pastor for a long time, but I fought it. (laughs) Because my dad was a pastor and I knew what that meant. It was not an easy road. But as we submit to God's plan, as we choose to obey the king, God brings blessing into our lives. Whether the road is easy or hard, oftentimes it's a harder road to follow God's plan than our own. And so God wants each of us today to welcome Jesus into our lives, into every area, every corner of our lives, into every plan that we have. Welcome Him in. Let Him take control. Let Him take charge. Let Him direct our path. Let Him direct your plans. Ask Him to tell you, and He will. He'll explain clearly to you what your next step is. Sometimes we want him to chart out the rest of our lives. He's probably not going to do that. He could. He usually doesn't. He just tells us the next step. And once we're ready, he tells us the next step. One step at a time. And that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, isn't it? We're following somebody. He's going out ahead of us. We're following behind him as he gives us his plans and directs our path. Submitting our plans to the king. So in order to begin this journey of following Jesus as king, we need to admit that we've been following our own plans for our lives. And that applies to everybody. 
And actually following our own plans for our lives is a definition of sin. Sin is doing what we want to do, not what God wants us to do. And so we admit that we've sinned, we repent, we turn away from that sin, and we believe that Jesus died on the cross, that we might be forgiven. He rose from the dead. He's king of kings. He reigns in heaven as Lord of lords. He's no longer a baby in the manger. And we submit our lives to following him in his way. He's alive today. We commit to him as our king, as our Lord, to do what he says. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. If you'd like to commit your life to Jesus for the first time today or to recommit your life, I'd encourage you to do that as we pray. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done things that were my own plans for my life, the things I wanted to do that were not part of your plan. I repent. I turn away from those things, from those sins. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin, that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. I commit to following your plans for my life. And Father, today, we thank you that you do have a plan for our lives. You do have a plan for my life. You have a plan for every day. You have a plan for every month. You have a plan for every year. And we thank you that you are not hiding that plan from us. And so we ask that you speak clearly to everyone who's seeking to know your plan for their lives. Your plan for tomorrow, your plan for the new year, that you would speak to them clearly. That they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt what you are calling them to do. That every day as they wake up in the morning, that plan would be clear for that day. That as they go through the day, you would speak to them by your spirit. And tell them whether to do that or this. To speak to this person, to say that. That you would guide them each and every step. We thank you that your plan always agrees with your word. So help us to know your word so that we can filter out the things that are not from you. This morning we choose to welcome Jesus anew as our king, as our Lord. We bow the knee to King Jesus this morning. And we say, where you want me to go, I will go. What you want me to do, I will do. What you want me to say or speak, I will speak. Forgive me for the times I've gone my own way. I've done things I wanted to do that I knew were not in keeping with your plan and your vision for my life. Help me to have the courage to take the steps to follow your plan. Even though I may not know exactly where that's going to lead and how it's going to play out, help me to take the next step that you have put before me to follow you. Today we look forward, God, to the new year. 
2022. And we thank you, God, that no matter what the news says, no matter what people worry about, that you have good plans for us in the new year. We thank you that you have steps for us to take. We thank you that you have blessings for us to impart. We thank you that we go into the new year as ambassadors of the king. That wherever we go, the kingdom draws near. That we bring your power, that we bring your truth, that we bring your light into our world as we follow your plan. We pray that each person here would dispel the darkness around them in the new year as your light shines through them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.